You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. There's no better time to share the second part of Beth Grant's podcast episode than on her birthday. For those of you who don't know Beth, Beth Grant is a character actress who has been featured in many iconic films, including Donnie Darko, Little Miss Sunshine, A Time to Kill, Speed, and over 200 others. When we come back, I'll be talking with Beth about the lessons she has learned throughout her life and career. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Beth Grant. Let's move into some uh, to some lessons learned. Um, so this is a question that I asked, but also one of my Patreon fans, Alex, he also asked this question. Can you describe a particular experience which served as a lifelong lesson to you as an actor? Well, what comes up, I might as well just say what comes up, is the Mindy Project. Mm -hmm. Um, That it is not about me, ever. And I don't care if you're the lead. It is about being of service to the story and to the other actors. And I knew that lesson. Um, I really did. And I went on that show because I wanted to be of service to her genius. I just thought she was brilliant. And my ego was such that I thought I would be able to help her (laughs) in some way, you know. Uh, Of course, what happened after six years was that she had helped me far more than I had helped her. That's the truth. But what I learned doing that very uh, often, very small role, I mean, sometimes I didn't even have a line. Sometimes you would just sort of see me in the background and it was ego deflating mm. because previous to that, even though I have always done supportive roles, I've always sort of been, um, well, I'll talk honestly, the life of the party. Mm-hmm. I've sort of always, you know, had fun and found some way around it and, been a been um the light has always shined on me and in this case it did not now it it ultimately did mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like it you know the first couple of episodes mm-hmm. i had a lot to do and then it diminished suddenly to hardly anything maybe one line as i say sometimes i got cut altogether mm-hmm. um and then a lot of times it would just be very little in the conference room and or just a couple of lines in the office and it hurt. I mean, Uh to be honest, it hurt. And I knew that it wasn't personal. I mean, I asked, I called uh, Matt Warburton. I said, am I doing anything wrong? Is there anything I can do better? And he said, Oh no, we love you. Mindy loves you. I love you. This is the role (laughs) Mm. we conceived. So working on the Mindy project, what I learned was to, truly um, be of service. Uh, She had a voice and she was doing writing, producing, starring in, uh, coming up with alt lines for all of us. And at the end, in the sixth year, as we were wrapping up the series, she gave me an episode that was beautiful where I reunited with my son. It was just touching and terrific. And um, I now really look back at how much I learned about comedy, how much I still honor her. In fact, I'm still, she's one of the few people in my life that I just have so much respect for that 
it's a bit intimidating. I got, I see her at a party or something or an event and I talk to her, but I, and I tell her I love her because I do. And she always says, I love you. But then I run (laughs) (laughs) because I just am in awe of her, what she's accomplished Mm -hmm. in her life. And I, so um, I learned what the, the point of the story is that in the Mindy project, I was able to put my ego aside, serve the higher good and end up being the one who received far more than I gave. Mm. And that's the truth. I learned about comedy. I learned about work ethic. I learned about the uh, waste of time that ego is Mm. and, you know, any envy or jealousy or like I, maybe if I was jealous of somebody for getting more lines, you know, I had to work through that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I figured out that was a big waste of time. Let me celebrate that, you know, Zosha Rockmore had a great episode because mm-hmm. I loved her. So it, I would cheat myself of this friendship with Zosha if I was jealous. So I wanted to love and support her. So many, many lessons mm. on that show. And I love that, it, you know, like, I mean, by that point, like, it's like you had so many years and, and it took it took that project for you to learn that lesson. It's, um, it's amazing. It's amazing. Just like you never stop learning. You never stop learning. Never. And never. I thought I knew those lessons. That's the uh-huh. funny thing. I really did. But six years is a whole other beast. Yes. Learning it on one movie, you know, sure you can deal with that, but day right. after day after day. And, and, and it would have been um, very different if I didn't love everybody. I think that yes. would have been hard crack <laughs> yes but i was yes. fortunate that they were all such good and brilliant people yes. and uh so yeah what a great experience that was so i think yeah. i'm a better person now than i was that's great what else is life about right. exactly yeah. exactly have you ever been fired from a show oh my god yes i have been fired i have been cut the they they're all painful i don't care why they fire you i don't care why they cut you it doesn't matter uh it still hurts mm-hmm. i mad about you was the most embarrassing uh it was right at the end of their series i think it was the next to the last show or one of the last shows and it was a terrific part i was to play carol o'connor's nurse mm-hmm. and have a bit of a flirtation and perhaps you know there was going to be something going on with us and i was playing it very dry and very you know so when I auditioned, and I was replacing Ben Stiller's mom, Ann Mira. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. She had dropped out, I believe, or decided not to do it on a Friday, and they had me come in on a Saturday to audition. And I had killed, as we say, in the room. I mean, they had laughed and laughed and laughed, and I felt like, oh, great. I knew what to do. And the, when I got there on Monday morning, it was cloudy and dark. And I don't know if that affected my mood or what happened exactly. But at the table read, I didn't get one single laugh. And it would be that thing. Everybody's sitting there. Carol O'Connor, Carol Burnett, the stars of the show, the producers, the writers, the network. We're all at this huge table on the soundstage. And it would be time for my entrance and my scene, my line. All heads would turn to me expectantly, nothing. And and one of the producers was a friend of mine. I said, Robert, I've never experienced anything like this. I think I'll get fired. He said, oh, no, you're not going to get fired. They're going to let you rehearse. And so I called my husband and I said, I think I'm going to get fired. I had done enough sitcoms. I had been a regular on a couple of other shows and I had seen people get fired. So he said, well, we'll, don't worry about it. We'll see. So I'm in my trailer 
all day. Lunch comes and goes. No one has come to get me to rehearse. So that afternoon, I went over to get a Diet Coke or something on the soundstage. And I see Helen Hunt, and she is before cell phones, and she is on the uh, soundstage phone. And uh -huh. she sees me coming, and she turns her back to me. And I went, oh, boy, this is not mm. a good sign. And then the AD comes flying over to me. And he says, can I help you? Can I help you? And I said, oh, just getting a Diet Coke. And he <laughs> says, okay, okay. And it's like getting me out the door. Wow. And I see people over in a corner, you know, Carol Burnett, they're sitting in a corner. They're definitely discussing something. Uh -huh. And so I go back to my trailer and I think, oh, boy. So then I get the call from my agent, my sweet agent I've been with now almost 29 years, Julia Buckwall. And she says, Bethy. And I knew. And I started crying. And I couldn't mm -hmm. stop crying. It was just so embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And so she said, they're replacing you with an 85-year-old woman. They're cutting it down to two lines. It has nothing to do with you. It's the script. The script. I ain't hearing any of it. All I'm hearing is, I'm fired. Mm. And then the knock on my door, casting director comes in. She's so sweet. This has nothing to do with you, but blah, 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 blah. it doesn't matter. I cannot stop crying. Wow. <laughs> and I told, and I called my husband, I'm crying. So then she left. And I said, don't worry about it. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. But I am so embarrassed. I don't want to come out of my trailer because I don't know mm -hmm. who I'm going to run into. Right. So I waited until the sun came down. Oh Had all my stuff together. When the sun came down, I peeked my head out, looked, and then ran to the parking lot and drove home mortified, mortified about that. And then another time I, I got cut on some, a show called the, with Chris Maloney and Doris Roberts. And it was that part was cut altogether. And mm -hmm. then I've been cut um, a movie called Love Field. I had a wonderful role with Michelle Pfeiffer playing her best friend. And in the original script, I had several scenes and just a wonderful relationship with her. And then it, it, it did get cut a bit before we shot, but I still had one killer scene, just one killer scene. And I was getting calls from people saying, get ready. This is going to change your career. This is mm. big, really big, indicating that there may be awards, uh -huh. which is you know, silly to ever listen to such talk. Right. But I was young and new and I didn't know any better. And so then um, I get a call from the producer. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm in my apartment at, in LA and uh, she says, Beth, this is so-and-so. And I said, oh, hi. And I think in my egotistical mind, you know, after these other encouraging calls, I think, oh my God, they are going to add another scene because that does happen sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, they'll add. Uh, or she's called just to tell me how great I am or whatever. And she said, I'm calling from the editing room. I'm here with Jonathan, the director, and I'm, sorry to tell you, you've been cut from the film. <laughs> and I said, I couldn't speak. I just kept saying, oh my God. And she said, uh, the film's running long. It was over three hours. We had to do it. It was easy to take your whole through line out, whatever she's saying. And right. I'm saying, oh my God, oh my God. And then I swear to you, which rarely happens in LA, there was a thunderstorm and lightning struck and cut off the electricity. And I lost oh so the phone went dead. And I said, my God, that poor woman probably thinks I've leaped off my balcony. You know, <laughs> I couldn't speak. So after the electricity came back, I called her office here. I said, please tell her I'm fine. And that it was an electric storm. And that mm -hmm. that's why we lost connection. I'm sure she thought mm -hmm. I hung up on her. Oh, my but God. I think that 
did eventually run into her and tell her, you know, I didn't hang up on you. So I've got a few stories, sadly, like that. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have much more with Beth Grant. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. Hey, this is Beth Grant, and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. Did those moments teach you anything? I mean, did you does, did you learn anything from well, that? About the work, honestly. Uh, another one uh, called Nell with Jodie Foster. I was playing uh, Liam Neeson's uh, lo- uh, medical partner. Uh-huh. Had quite a few scenes, and then the producer kept calling me and telling me that uh, this scene was cut, that scene was cut. Mm-hmm. And the day we were to leave, she calls and I said, "Oh, what's been cut this time?" And she said, "The whole thing." And I said, "What?" I remember my nanny at the time said, they can't do that. I'm already packed. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they can. Um, But they were so kind and generous and they immediately sent my check. I mean, they hand delivered my check that day, which was very kind that I didn't have to embarrass myself to get my money. And Michael Apted called me and I cried when he called. But what he said that I thought was good was he said, I don't want you. We could we could shoot this, but it's not going to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're enlarging Natasha Richardson's part. And I just, I can see that this character is going to go. And I don't want you to go through the pain of that, doing mm-hmm. the work. And so I don't know which is best. I don't know. Because you've got to love the work. You've got to learn, lo- love the process. You've got to be an artist. You have to uh, be about allowing your soul to grow. You've got yeah. to be a, about process. Uh, We're all going to have disappointments. And those are the things sometimes that teach us the most, Mm -hmm. because that's a test if you think about it for an actor. Uh, Not that there's God up in the sky with a long white beard Mm -hmm. with a pad testing me, but there is something about, uh, I do believe that the universe supports you when you have a dream, if you can do the work. But unfortunately, with art, rejection is part of the work and if you can't take it it's not for you and i think because i've had a lot of rejection i've not gotten many parts i mean and parts that i thought i had i mean Mm -hmm. i got a standing ovation at an audition with everybody in tears Mm. angelica houston it took my hand she stood up and she said thank you thank you and i called my agent from the car and i said i'm not going to get it she said why do you think that i said 
she felt bad that I wasn't going to get it. She mm. knew I had done the job, but she knew that they had an offer out. And sure enough, it was Grace Zabriskie and or they had already decided. So those mm. things. So anyway, if you can't take it, mm -hmm. if you can't find a way to process it, this is not the career for you. Now, yes. I think that's why a lot of uh, artists are alcoholics and drug addicts because to, in order to stay in the game, they unfortunately have to medicate. Uh, there is another route though, and that is uh, spiritual growth and learning to um, understand that your value is not about the result. Mm -hmm. Your value is not about awards. Your value is in, as I say, being of service and mm -hmm growing as a human being and being kind to others and giving back and being able to, you know, here I go again, being corny, but to try to tell your story through these characters or in the case of a painter through their paintings or, you know, your interviews, your books, mm -hmm. the things that you write to tell your version of it, your vision, your sight Mm -hmm. through these peoples and hope that it resonates with somebody yeah and the rest is none of our business i think mm, that's true that's true so, you know, I'm, I, as you say i'm still growing i'm still learning i'm still getting rejected <laughs> i'm still hurting about yes. things i don't get yeah. my feelings hurt, but i learn mm, so. that's great well we do have to wrap up i'll ask two last questions and then um and then we'll wrap it up so um alex the, the uh my the my patreon fan uh, he um, had one more question. What was it like working with Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, John Leguizamo, Stocker Channing on Tu Wong Fu? Oh, it was heaven. We built our own community there in Nebraska. It was this little tiny town. I think in the beginning, there were only four buildings. There was a gas station, a church, and a bar. That was it, and a little grocery store. And we came in, and a lot of the town that you see there is just set, built by, you know, DreamWorks. Um, and um, so it was fabulous. Uh, Patrick and I were in acting class together. In fact, I call him Buddy. Every time I say Patrick, I feel like I'm being all formal and proper. Uh, buddy, as we all called him, uh, had been an acting partner of mine in class, and we were dear friends, and uh, also with Lisa, his wife. Had, we had done scenes together. And you know how it is, the people you start with, you're just close forever. Yeah. And <clears throat> so... That was the first thing I hadn't seen him in a long time. Although, of course, I'd been following his star rising uh, at first with uh, the mini series about the South and oh, I, North South, and then uh, yeah. I guess Red Dawn and uh, and then Dirty Dancing. And mm -hmm. I cried all the way through Dirty Dancing. I cried. I mean, I remember Michael and I when it came out. We went to Universal and watched it. I was just crying. I mean, he made it. Mm -hmm. And so hadn't seen him in a few years. And on the set. He looked up and he saw me and we just, you know, we were right back in acting mm -hmm. class. This is mm. what we, and we, there's a moment in Chu Wang Fu where I'm all done up with my boa and I was coming downstairs doing it very campy. And he came over and reminded me about a moment when we were rehearsing where I was feeling very ugly and I was doing Martha in Virginia Woolf uh -huh. and I was feeling, you know, very unattractive and realizing these were the roles I was going to play for the rest of my life if I was lucky. And, and uh, he said, maybe this is a little bit like that rehearsal. And so I immediately filled up when we had one last take. And so what is in the movie is 
directly from him. Oh, and he, wow. he gave me that emotion for the character. Instead of being all campy, to be uh, very moved, baby ugly, became beautiful. And so she was vulnerable. So mm. that's a moment. And everybody was great. Uh, Stockard was in the apartment above me. And man, that kid works. She worked out. She would get on that treadmill. She had a treadmill up there. And you would hear that thing going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, God bless her for her discipline of staying in shape and taking advantage of her free time. She yeah. was very impressed with her work ethic. Uh, I <laughs> love that. I love those stories. Well, we do we do have to wrap up. So I, I always end my interviews playing off the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. I don't know what else you could reveal today, but if you could bear anything, what is something you would share about yourself that you haven't told previously? That I've never told? Yes. That Oh my God, how lonely I was as a child. Mm. That sounds terrible. What I was it going does. to say, but I've already told it because I did a, a story night, is uh, there is nothing wrong with masturbation. I'm going to keep that in. With a very uh, sexual being from a very young age, and I had a lot of shame around it. And I am now free if you get my drift. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, this has been a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, oh, I love you. I love you too. And follow Beth on social media. Beth Grant Actor. Beth Grant what? Actor. Yeah. So follow her on social media. I can't wait to see all the new stuff you have coming out. And remember here at the Broadway Podcast Network, we have thousands of hours of theater and art related podcasts. So keep listening and download our new app so you can carry us with you in your pocket. Oh, how wonderful. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him at all the for the business of show. Callmeadam.com Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advance notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. 